edit out the first time. <laughs> yeah, <it's totally> <laughs> okay, so welcome to the Forge Training and Nutrition Podcast. I'm Derek, and I'm here with my co-host, America's Chin, John Peck. What's up, guys? Um, today we're sitting down. Um, we're sitting down with John. I'm just going to kind of get to know him a little bit better. Um, I met John. We work at a um, large training facility, countrywide training facility, probably the best place for trainers that want to be. Um, they want to work in a corporate setting. Uh, yeah. Probably the best one for us to be working at. Um, I'm a certified personal trainer through National Academy of Sports Medicine since 2012. I just became a certified nutritionist through Mac Nutrition University. Um, like I said, I've been working with John for like the past 18 months. I wanted wanted him to do this podcast with me because I think he has this like a ton to offer. Um, and he's kind of on the quieter side until you like peel him out of his shell. I think it took me like a better part of six months to get him to talk to me. Um, but he's like really, really intelligent. He's much younger than I am. And I just think he's, um, he's way far ahead of the game. Um, than I think a lot of trainers are, especially at his age. And he has like a hell of a work ethic. So, um, like his hard work, his non dogmatic belief system in regards to training has really like changed my views and shaped. Um, like I'm no longer just a barbell guy, even though I always will love the barbell. Like I just won't, I won't do the barbell, you know, strictly anymore. So like, just to make sure you guys know, like John's legit, I'm just going to run down some questions with him today. So I got my laptop on my lap, um, so I can be organized and not stutter a ton. Before we go into that, yeah, let's kind of just give a brief overview of like what this podcast is. Cause we're kind of bootstrapping this as it is. True. Um, yeah. but to kind of give any who is listening or watching like an idea of like what this podcast is going to be and like kind of you know what you're thinking I'm thinking and then go from there yeah sure so um, for me it's about um, becoming better like yeah. kind of uh, in all regards like becoming a better trainer becoming a better person um, you know improving my psychology improving my um, wellness improving my, my money mm-hmm. you know like kind of that's yeah all encompassing because I, you know, I'm older and it took me a long time to get to where it took me, it took me, I developed later in life, but I still consider, you know, reforged time yeah. Um, yeah. in the last 18 months. Yeah. What is it, what is it for you? Yeah, no, I think, I like that you said that it's, you know, it's about you learning too, because that's like kind of what we want it to be about as far as, or at least I want it to be about like, I want to learn from you. I want the people watching to learn from both of us and then anybody who have on. I want them to learn too. Right? Oh yeah, so, for sure. Hands down. You know, so like I think that's a good a good way to put it. Um, and you know, as far as like what I want you guys watching or listening to get out of it is, you know, we're gonna talk about a lot of different things. We kind of debated before this of do we call this, you know, do we put fitness in the name of this podcast right. or not? But we decided not to because we kind of want this to kind of cover everything, right? And there might be some bullshit that we just talk about and it probably won't yeah. be related to anything to fitness, right? Right, yeah. But then there'll be some nitty gritty, like, you know, training stuff and nutrition yeah. things that come up too. So yeah. that's kind of what I'm hoping for. So yeah, it's just kind of all encompassing. And I just think, um, I think for you and me both that um, training physically has been a huge part of kind of what shapes us, mm-hmm. right? Um, 100% wouldn't be the same person without right and so there's I think there's two different ways well there's more than two different ways you can grow from training um I grew more into the douchebag category and I think (laughs) I think I don't know I don't know if you had it I did uh, (laughs) uh, right okay okay (laughs) 
But, um, I mean, much more put together, uh, you know, you are anyways. So, um, so that's kind of um, what we want this to be. We want it to be, so when we have people on, most people are going to be, um, in some regard, they're going to be people that have reforged themselves in some way. Um, became better and uh, became a better version of themselves because that's kind of that's kind of what I want to work on. I think that's what John's always working on too. Um, not always because I, I do play a lot of video games. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do too. Especially when in this corner. Yeah, it's for those been, of you if you're not in Michigan, we're still closed down yeah, completely, so we haven't been working in the gym since what March? March sixteenth. Like yeah. yeah, so it's been a minute. Yeah, so it's, it's been a little while. Um, we got some time on our hands. Yeah, and we were lucky enough that our gym took care of us. Um, yeah. You know, they gave us compensation for yeah, a, long time. a long time. A long time. Outside of it. And just so happened that um, John is always in the top three. Well, usually always in the top three. Yeah. And I'm always in the top ten. <laughs> so, top ten, baby. So, yeah, top ten. So, um, yeah, so uh, that's kind of what we're hoping this is going to be. So, um, you ready to Let's answer some yeah. questions? Let's All right, so, like, being um, what, in your own words, what does fitness mean to you? What does that encompass? So what does fitness encompass? So I think fitness, I was actually just thinking about this earlier today, and I was going to put a post up about something similar, but I think that, I guess, from a larger perspective, health, health and wellness, but I kind of like to look at it from a health and wellness perspective first, Right, and that encompasses like the exercise and nutrition, like the obvious stuff. But then it also encompasses everything else, like the mental side of things, you know, emotional health, spiritual health, whatever that means to you, um, and kind of environmental, societal health as well. Um, I think it, it's not just one thing, and then but fitness itself and nutrition and like those kind of things that we do on a daily basis, exercise, those are a part of that. If that makes sense. Yeah, okay. Um, and, you know, within fitness, obviously, that is the exercise, the nutrition, the, you know, mobility, flexibility, conditioning, all that kind of stuff. Okay. No, no, I like that. Okay. Um, so, you studied, um, what did you study, Kyle? Uh, exercise science. Exercise science. So, when you, were, when you, like, chose that, yeah. what was the thought process? Like, yeah. was there a thought process? Because, like, I just chose psychology because yeah. I didn't want to do math. <laughs> yeah, so that, funny you say that, actually. Um, so back, like, before college, like, I wanted to do something with nutrition and health. Like, always wanted to do that. I didn't know exactly what. And then kind of let people talk me out of that, right? Actually, I had a teacher, I remember this, like, word for word, that I was a senior and had this conversation with me. And she's like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I want to go to school for nutrition, do something with that. And she's like, well, why would you want to do that? You're not going to make any money. And like, as a 17-year-old kid at the time, very impressionable, I was like, oh, wow, you're right. But, I mean, I was listening to a teacher, that's number one, but well, that's another, yeah. you know, thing. But, so, I kind of let that and some other things, like, kind of push me away from that a little bit. And I actually ended up going to school first. I thought I wanted to be, like, some sort of engineer, a welding engineer, to be exact. Well, really? That's, that's why I started. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. And then I found out very quickly that I really, really, really did not like sitting through all these math classes. And this was like my freshman or sophomore year. And I was like, why am I doing this? Yeah. This is not what I want to do. I spend more time like reading about training and nutrition and like writing programs and all this stuff and working out than I do like anything to do with this. So then I switched, ended up going to Oakland University and 
studied health science with emphasis exercise science, and so that's kind of how I got into. Okay, then like um, college. Yeah. Uh, uh, when you were when did you first start like training? I first started like training, working out. I guess like I started with sports first, and even before like I knew what like weightlifting was, like conditioning, like that kind of stuff. Like I was still training. I was always, I always. It was funny because I would always tell people that I liked practicing more than I actually liked the games. Like I liked the process of like I loved playing whatever game it was. Okay. Competing. I loved competing, but I actually like training for it better. Right. So I can remember like back when like I used to be really into baseball when I was a kid, and I would like practice every single day, like throwing against this like little net thing, like throwing against the wall, fielding ground balls, like, over and over and over again. Wow. So, like, I always loved to train. And then once I found out, like, what the heck weightlifting was, I was like, oh, this is awesome. This can make me better at all these sports that I enjoy, right? So I was probably, when I got into actual, like, fitness that we, you know, most people think about, I was probably 15, 16, maybe, 15. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, you, I guess maybe 14 or 15. When, I know you have a, a wrestling background, yeah. so how old were you started wrestling? Uh, so that's a high school. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh wow. Okay. Super. Like I played everything else. Super in baseball. Like tried every other sport that basically you could, and in our small town, um, we didn't have everything. Um, and then got into wrestling in high school, and then fell in love with that. Um, oh. Okay. Yeah. What weight did you wrestle at? Uh, so I wrestled everywhere from I think one hundred three to all the I mean all the way up to all the way up to one thirty. Um, <laughs> Eighteen years old, one hundred twenty-five pounds as a senior. So you know, big dude. Uh, that's I was a little fella. <laughs> that's that's Late pretty people. wild. So, um, but well, okay. How old were you when you first started sports, though? Sports. I mean, young. I don't know. Whatever. Whenever you can start baseball and little kid soccer and okay. stuff like that, so right, that's interesting. So you talked about you talked about a teacher that yeah yeah kind of pushed you away from what you wanted yeah. to do. Did you have anybody like early on pushing you towards something in the in fitness and nutrition? Not really, to be honest. Like okay. I didn't like so I grew up in a very small town, um, and there I mean we didn't even have a gym. Like, there was legitimately not a gym oh, in wow. town. Like, we worked out at a church that had an old portable building that would be, like, behind school, you know? Or, like, this old, you know, like, um, building that they just had a bunch of old equipment. And, like, actually, there was, like, a lot of, like, handmade stuff. Because it was, like, a farming town. And, like, there was people who, like, welded together a bench or squat rack, all this stuff. And, like, people would just, like, donate stuff so we could have a gym. And that's where I started, wow. like, first lifting. Wow, okay. was was in a this kind of gym thing that's pretty wild but it was it was actually really cool like it was pretty cool is that what you told me about like it was in the back of a truck or something like that uh did you say yes. no no okay i thought no. you said something about no. like okay anyways um okay so long history of sports yeah uh so like after college what was the yeah so in college is when i like really started training people so like in in school, like I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with the exercise science background and, and stuff if I wanted to try to go to like, you know, be a physical therapist or, you know, go to graduate school just for exercise science and get into kind of the research side of things or really wasn't sure or train people, right? So then you had to do an internship as a part of it. Um, and I 
did this internship and I was like, wow, this training people thing is really awesome. Like, I really enjoy this. And then eventually got hired as, as a trainer at this place where I interned. And then from then on, I mean, like, trained through college and then just never stopped it. Oh, that's cool. All right. Wow. I got really lucky. Yeah, really that's lucky. cool. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, so you had no idea you were going to be. Well, yeah, I guess you kind of did. Like when you got your internship, you knew you were going to be a professional trainer. That's kind of. Yeah, it's like once I did it, I, I can remember like actually the first day, like there was uh, they did a lot of like athletic teams and stuff, and there was this uh, lacrosse team that like the first hour I helped with, and by helped I mean I basically stood there because I didn't know anything, right? <laughs> I held the time there. basically, yeah. right? While the other Good. coaches did yeah. their thing. Yeah. And I was just like, I mean, I didn't look much older than the kids working out at the seat. <laughs> yeah. um, but I remember on that day, I came home and I was like, wow, this I got to figure out a way to do this like all the time. And because up to that point, I still didn't really know that you could actually like have a career in training, right? Um, you know, again, I didn't know, I didn't know any personal trainers, like right. I didn't know any gyms like that. And, you know, it was... You know, it was kind of thought of, I guess, as kind of, uh, eh, he's just a trainer. Like, that's just, like, anybody can do that kind of thing, right? And I think that's, experience. yeah, that's uh, a super common yeah. thought. And that can really, that played a lot of head games with yeah. me when I first started doing it. Because yeah. um, you're just like, oh, wow, I'm a piece of shit. I'm yeah. just a trainer. Just a trainer. Just, just a trainer, right? Just a trainer. But, uh... Then, like, I realized, for me, it was, um, like, when did you realize you were, like, um, I mean, there's no reason to shoot, but when did you realize you were better trained than almost everybody? <laughs> I, I don't think that, but... Um, you should. <laughs> I appreciate that. But I don't, I don't know, like, I guess, like, there's, like, kind of this, like, like, we've talked about this before, but for anyone, like out there like kind of like the more you know the more you realize you don't, don't know continuum right so like as like when you first start out you think you're like the shit like you are just you know everything and like you know once you get that job as a trainer like man i am just awesome right yeah. i can help anybody i can fix anything any goal i can get you there when in reality like at that point you literally know or almost nothing. You almost. know more than the people. Almost. <laughs> almost nothing, right? You know more than the people that you're training, but that's about it, right? Yeah. As far as knowledge base goes in the training world, like you're down on the floor, maybe below, right? Um, and then, like, as you get experience and learn more and, you know, talk to people and learn from people, then you realize, wow, I don't actually know that much. And then I think there comes a point where you do realize, I don't know, maybe a couple years in, where you're like, okay, I'm pretty good at this. Like, you know, I don't know everything. There's still a ton to learn. Um, a ton of stuff still really confuses me. But, like, I think I'm better than just kind of the average Joe trainer, that kind of stereotype, right? So I, I don't know if I ever had that thought, you know? Um, what about you? Did you have a moment like that? Yeah. Yeah? And I think, <laughs> I think mine was, I think I was just, conceded early yeah uh because 
I was the only one that did programming in all of Lapeer. I think I, I probably, if you go back to Lapeer now, <laughs> yeah. like where I'm from, I think yeah, the yeah. surrounding three cities, I don't think there's anybody that does programming. Still, yeah. like, <laughs> somebody comes in and okay. they're like, yeah, I want to lose weight. And they're like, oh yeah, let's just smash the shit out of your chest. You know, yeah. and like, um, you hobbled them. And I was like, 45 on each side. I always kind of knew like, yeah, yeah. I was kind of knew like, you don't want to hobble your clients, yeah. even if that's what they want. Yeah, yeah there's a fine line. That's not yeah. what you give them. I yeah. mean, I guess you could, yeah. just to make sure that they don't really want, you, you yeah. get it out of them. Yeah. You know, like you make it so they can't walk for two weeks and then they'll realize that that's not what they want, even though that's not what I do. But, <laughs> um, so I thought I was super, I thought I was like, okay. amazing. And then like, um, but, you know, then, I don't know, I guess with the, the, when Instagram got really popular, like, I think it launched in 2010, I think. Yeah, I remember, yeah. Uh, I was, like, on there, and I was, like, holy shit, I am a small man, <laughs> I am not very strong, <laughs> and uh, I know nothing. Yeah, and so see, I think, I think a difference there, too, is, like, I came up after you in training, right? So, like, I was still in high school when Instagram and all that came out, so, like, once I got, like, into training nutrition, like, I was, like, reading from the, the first, like, kind of internet famous, like, yeah. trainers and coaches and, like, the ones doing the clinics and, like, who would, who got big first, right? So, like, I kind of came up, like, reading their stuff as, like, a kid, right? So, I think there's a difference there. Um, but, yeah, it's humbling. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was super humbling. Um, because, you know, then, like, uh... You know, somebody would come in and they'd ask like legit questions. Yeah. And I would just be like, uh, <laughs> I'm not that good at what I do, yeah. I guess. You know? I gotcha. But I gotcha. that also, I feel like that was reflected in what I was charging at the time because I was, oh my God, yeah. I can't believe how little I was taking the <laughs> training at the time. I just really can't believe it. Yeah. But where, you know, where, I, where I'm from, it's like, yeah, it's different. I get it. You know, the income base is just yeah. um, much lower. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and like you talk about, you know, the internet's always kind of been around for you as for me too, but I guess I never really, I mean, yeah, it's been around for me the most of the time. Yeah. But like the, when did you start the science, um, it was in 2012. Yeah. I was like three months after I got my certification. Gotcha. And to be honest with you. Uh, who are you certified through originally? The first one? Uh, ACE, American Constant Exercise. Okay. Um, like, I had gotten through college basically smoozing people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I learned to do with my psychology degree. It was like, <laughs> all right, what is my TA like? What is she not like? Yeah, yeah. What is he like? What is he not like? Um, uh, what are they into? If I buy them drink, drinks, yeah. and I, if I know where they're bar yeah. at, what what kind of leeway do I have? <laughs> so, like, I'm, like, more like a bullshit artist than that. Okay. Regard, I guess. Okay. Um, but, uh... God, I forgot what I was going on with that. Um, anyways, so with that, I didn't really, my college experience wasn't hard. Yeah. It was, it was expensive, but it was not hard. Yeah. And so when I actually studied for my NASM, um, it took me the full year to yeah. get through the book. Yeah. And then the, I remember going to the exam and it was a proctor exam, so we couldn't use our books. Yeah. And it was like, it was like 275 questions, 100 of them didn't count. And yeah. it was like, I was like, what? Why? Why would they do this? And the guy next to me, he was a super nice guy, had a stutter problem, trying to be a personal trainer. And he, this was his third time taking it. And he was like, yeah, it's only $250 of a retake. And I'm like, I cannot afford to fail this. 
you know, so um, that's yes, that yeah, was but that was the that was the hardest exam I'd ever yeah. taken. Okay, uh, I got you. Because insertion points, I mean, you know, you cram for it. I could, yeah, I could regurgitate most of that yeah. stuff now, but and most of it doesn't matter. Most of it does not matter. That's the key thing. Is most of it does not matter. Yeah. I mean, I think the I mean, what do you think the most important thing is to be a good trainer? Like, what do you think? What do you think the number one thing is to you? I mean, I know that's tough. Yeah, but like, if you that's had to, a tough question. I mean, assuming. You have, like, I think you have to have a base level of knowledge as far as, you know, the human body, the anatomy, the physiology. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to know every insertion and, and you know, every single muscle and spell it out and point it out on the thing. Like, I mean, I think that's good to know, but I don't think you have to, especially when you first start. Um, you have to have a basic understanding of it. And same with physiology and like energy systems and that kind of stuff. But I think communication is like the number one like intangible thing, right? Being able to communicate with someone, um, because if you can't communicate, you're not going to be able to help them, right? right? Because they're not going to stay with you. They might not even start training with you to begin with, right? So how are you going to help them if you can't relay why? they need your help and what you're going to do and what the plan is, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's like the number one thing. Like I know different people I've worked for before have said like, you know, I don't care necessarily someone coming in, a new trainer, a new person, like if they've ever trained before, you know, if they've had tons of experience, degrees, certifications, if they can't talk to someone, right? But if yeah, you know a couple of yeah I mean, I'm sure everybody can think of people like that right even not in fitness right and what we do but like anybody watching can think of someone who like is very very smart and knowledgeable about whatever their job is but for whatever reason they can't quite you know succeed at it because they can't communicate right maybe right. they can't work in a team maybe they can't sell right maybe they can't do something like that like, they know internally what to do, but they can't translate that to the real world. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, I think yeah. communication is a huge thing. Yeah. I think, um, for me, I would agree, communication is super important. Mm -hmm. um, some of the things that I, I overlooked when I first started was being transparent. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, making a lot of big, big promises, you mean? That, or just, or, you know, like, um, oh, man, you just, you, like, telling them, I don't really know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, trying to, trying to, telling them, I hear listen, I, I'll figure that out. I don't know the answer to that. Here's what I think. Yeah, and I think um, that's one of those things that comes with experience. It is. I think, I think you're right. Uh, but, and then, um, honestly, but I think that ties in with communication, because... Yeah. Um, to tell somebody who's forty pounds overweight and they give they have six weeks to lose forty pounds, but that's probably not gonna <laughs> yeah. happen. That's probably not a good idea. And some yeah, and some <laughs> trainer some trainer's gonna tell them that it is. Yeah. And probably get their business, but and maybe they'll lose the forty pounds, but is it healthy? Is it yeah. you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. No, and, I agree with that. And nine times out of ten, I say ninety nine times out of a hundred, it's not gonna be a great yeah. route to go. So yeah. I struggle with that part, especially because I left a decent job at the hospital mm -hmm. um, that I worked at for seven years. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that was tough. And then, because you know, you're 
you're immediately thrust into sales. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. You know. And that's what a lot of people don't realize when they get into training. They think like, oh, I'm just going to train people all day. But they don't realize to train people all day, you have to sell the person on training. Yeah. So they are there. Or not, or not unsell them. Cause yeah, I know or I, not unsell them. Because I know <laughs> I've done that, uh, especially when I first started at the gym we were at. Um, people come in there like, oh yeah, like I can't wait to get fit. I can't wait for this. I can't wait for that. And then you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa you can't lose 20 pounds in a month. Yeah. You know, and they're like, huh? What? You know, I'm going to go work with this person. How would I pay you then? You know, yeah. and then, but, um, yeah, so the transparency is always, um, that was, I think that's super important, being able to communicate that effectively. Mm-hmm. I think those two tie in together. Because mm-hmm. um, you have to be transparent. You have to communicate that to yeah. them in a way that they, doesn't crush their hopes and dreams, you know? Like, it's a fine line to walk. Yeah, yeah. It's and, a fine line to walk. But you kind of figure it out as you go. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, and you realize and recognize there's different personality types of people that you work with. Yeah. Like, you know, you some you can be very upfront with, and they're totally cool with it. And the longer you do it, the quicker you pick up on those cues, right? And then there's other people that you tell that they might start crying. Yep. Like, and never want to see you again or talk to you like I've made mistakes like that in the past where like didn't really think about like yes I'm telling them the truth but then they're gone and they're never coming back and it's I I think it's it's like what 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 can they handle yeah yeah and then like so you could start a client that can't handle the truth very well Mm -hmm. um so you just don't unsell them yeah you know (laughs) and then um as you as they get to know you more, they trust you more. Yeah, exactly. And then you can kind of build that open trust. that um, communication, that transparency yeah. up uh, a twist at a time. Yeah. And you know, once you get, once you become a really good and like world famous trainer, like you know, um, Brett Contreras or you yeah. know, uh, any, we can name anybody. Yeah. Once you become that kind of name, they just they're just going to coach the way they want to coach, and they're going to attract those people without a doubt. Those yeah. people are even open up or they're not. So. Yeah. But until you're that famous, you know, you, know, you kind of have, have to play the game. But, yeah, sales was, oh, my God. So just just to, so you you were always um, top five anyways, right, when we opened. Because you had been a trainer, a yeah. professional trainer before. Yeah. I was just kind of the gym guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, like, I came in to our club and fell flat on my face for the first uh, – Oh my God, how long? Six months <laughs> until I hit full time. And that was like, and then, you know, you had, you know, we had, we had uh, trainers coming in that were just really well organized. They, they pushed harder through sales and they were like hitting full time before I was. And they were hired like a month, you know, yeah. <laughs> a yeah. month ago, you know. Um, some people just had the process better down. I definitely was not one of those people, but I think it's... You learned. Yeah, uh, yeah, you learn. You stick it out. You uh, realize when you're eating nothing but ramen noodles. <laughs> you know, at 37 years old, you're like, oh, I got to pull it together here, you know? So, um, okay, and then, uh, so I want to talk a little bit about this. You are, um, you've written articles. Yeah. So, where can some people find those those works at? What magazines yeah, are yeah. those in? Uh, so, my website, they're all linked on there, johntap.fitness. Um and they're all, because I mean, they're all over just the web, just different websites and stuff like that. Um, so you can find them all on there. John Papp is uh, 
G O H N P A P P. J O H N P A P. Is that what I said? G. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm bad. I was making, I wanted to make sure. Never heard John spell like that before. Yeah. I want to make sure I got Pat right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My bad on that. You're good. Where did you get you from? Uh, so, okay, what were some of those articles about? Everything. I mean, honestly, like, I, I've written over 100. Um, Published. Author. Not author. Internet author. Well, whatever. <laughs> one day. One day, it's one day I do want to actually have a physical I, mean, I, think it's, I think it's pretty cool to um, for some big magazines like that, though. Yeah, but I mean, anything. Like, I mean, just all sorts of things, honestly. Okay. You know, Would they give you like a topic to write on? Some did, and then some were just like, "Hey, can I write about this?" And the others did, "Yeah, go for it." So, um, okay, going back to your education. Yeah. Uh, so you have, I don't know what. What do you think? Like twenty certifications or something? <laughs> no, not like that. How, how many do you think you have? <laughs> no, I mean honestly, like certification wise, like I have like my degree in exercise science, technically not a certification, but better than certification, I would say. I would too. Um, precision nutrition, and then just a normal. Uh, personal trainer one and then honestly past that I don't have any anymore like did you get a kettlebell cert no never not the actual certs um because like my idea on that like it can be good like okay so certification companies I have kind of a problem with um because a lot of times they're just about the money I mean it's company right you can't blame them they're a business but they're in the business of certifications so a lot of times they're putting these things out, and honestly, some of them aren't that great, right? Um, I would rather spend my time learning from other people in the industry, very well-known, you know, people that are very successful in what they do and very highly educated and, you know, and learning those things because I don't need, you know, at this point, I don't need, you know, this behind my name, this certification to get a job somewhere, right? right. I have a client base. You know, and like I have success with my clients and past clients, so I don't think just because you have this means you know you're good. I mean, we've all seen. And I'm gonna agree with you on that because I have like a million certs. Yeah. But I would not. Yeah. And and like I've had different exposures. Their exposure to you yeah. to something else, you know. Yeah. But like, am I gonna be the best person to teach somebody about a kettlebell? Fuck no. Yeah. You know, like, not nah. Because I haven't messed yeah. around with it a ton. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is, to me, yeah. um, not all the education that I have, I think the experience is yeah, like I think the most exactly. important thing. And, like, just because, like, you shouldn't need to get something, you know, in return, this certification, these letters that you can put on your, you know, email heading and your, your resume to want to learn, Right. And a lot of times they're really overpriced, to be honest. Like a lot of certifications are like at least a thousand dollars, if least, not more. Yeah. And like the information, a lot of the times I've done many of these before and sat through these webinars and videos and talks, and I'm like, I've heard ninety five percent of what you're saying. Like, tell me something I don't know, right? Maybe I'm looking in the wrong spots. I don't know. Maybe that sounds cocky. I don't mean to, but you know. I'm not going to pay $1,000 for this kind of generic base, you know, this is the basics of whatever the topic is, right? I want to get in there and learn more detail. Like, I want to really get into it, right? And it's it's hard when you go to a seminar yeah. because they're going to push that. 
Yeah, they're pushing yeah. their, you know, like... And it's, meat. A, it's their business, yeah. and I understand that. But, I mean, we had a, um, we had a seminar, and I'll never forget this, and uh, it was Equinox, mm-hmm. or the gym we work at, yeah. whatever. Uh, and it was, a, it was this tool that, um, that they have at those gyms, and this lady said that it was good for your skin. And I like, I raised my hand and asked her what the science was behind that. She couldn't give me anything, obviously, because it's total horseshit. <laughs> um, but I think messing around with those things is the, or, or messing around with a new tool or, um, you know, some kind of modality. I think that's how you really learn. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, something. I yeah. mean, you, you did the West Side Method, right? For yeah, yeah conjugate style. Conjugate style. Um, and I, 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 I get where you're going with that. Basically, you're just saying, like, you learn through, like, personal experience, the best kind of thing. Like, it's one thing to read about it, but it's another thing to do it. Yeah, You, you learn the intricacies of it. Yeah. Like, and, like, cueing an exercise, you learn, you know, a kettlebell swing. If you barely ever have done kettlebell swings... You really don't know how to coach a kettlebell swing. Correct. Right. And so, like, for me, like, my kind of, like, ethics when it comes to training someone, I'm not going to put someone through something that I can't, I don't have confidence in to coach them through. Like, Olympic weightlifting, if someone came to me and, like, hey, I want to be an Olympic weightlifter, I'd be like, here's five names of people that are really good trainers and really good Olympic weightlifters. Go talk to them because I am not the guy you want to come to, right? That is something I do. I, yeah, I know the basics. I can teach you how to do the movements, but past that, like, I'm not going to make you very proficient at it because I haven't put the time in because of other goals to really learn Olympic weightlifting, you know, and spend, you know, the years that some of these other people that I know and you know have spent, right? Um, So... I think, and I think that's an important, kind of, I think we kind of touched on that a little bit before is like, or you touched on it when you said like the kind of honesty in, and when a, com- a client comes to you, right? And you just want to say yes, because you really want to work with this person, but it may not be you really the right fit, right? Or yeah. Or- <laughs> and situations like that when you're <laughs> first starting out, know? yeah. like when you're like, well, I got this bill, like I understand it, right? But once you get past that point and you have the business built up, you have the experience, that's when you can say, okay, you know what? I'm not the best guy for this job. Like, go talk to this person. Like, you know, I'm not, maybe we don't work well together for whatever reason. Personalities clash, right? I'm sure you've had that as well with people. Like, you know what? This person fits the bill. Like, here's their number. Here's their email. I'll let them know you're coming. Like, They'll help you out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I think that's that's a huge thing because, like, when I first started training, it was like, oh yeah, I can do that. I can do, yeah, that. I can do everything. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah. And, yeah. it's yeah, it's kind of like the jack of all trades, master of none right. kind of thing, right? Yeah, and so, but to see you like this, um, I got a hold of John. Um, like a month ago now, maybe three weeks ago, because he was using the bat. What do you call it? Mace? <laughs> yeah. Mace. Yeah, okay. He was using a mace. He was back there throwing it around. Looked pretty cool. Um, I don't move well laterally at all. Uh-huh. 
So I got older, John, to come over and try some things out. And even the most basic stuff was really difficult for me. But if you spend more time doing something like that, you're going to learn it better. And then mm-hmm. John's a really good cure. That's another reason that makes him a really good trainer is because you'll literally see him in between clients. He's on the gym floor and he's doing an exercise and he's like, um, you know, pointing to spots on himself and like, oh yeah, this is where I feel it. Blah, blah, blah. I can see him walking through it through the processes so that when the, that his his client comes in john just has that whole thing nailed down it looks super fluid it's like very practiced very well put together um so yeah i think that's getting your hands on something that you want to be really good at is mm-hmm. is huge 100%. and so i used to think i was like this awesome barbell guy but uh you know you go back and you look at videos that are like four years old and <laughs> they're even though i'm hitting depth on squat they're pretty terrible yeah but you evolved yeah, and I, just part. a slow, You're still not that just fireball guy with right, straight squats. Like, right. You move past that. Move past it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, but um, so if you really want to get good at something, what we're trying to say is get your hands on it. Um, reading about it's great, but immersing yourself in that is going to be the best way to do it. Yeah. So. Um, it with everything, right? Yeah. Like, it goes to the man in the arena quote, right? Like. Oh, what's this one? So, like. Jeez, put me on the spot. <laughs> I believe it was Teddy Roosevelt that said it. He might want to look it up so I don't butcher it. Uh, but basically, it's saying, you know, he's going to, or you, you should trust someone who's experienced whatever they're preaching, right? Kind of like the, you know, the motivational speaker who hasn't really done anything kind of person. Like, you want to avoid that, you know, seek out those who've experienced whatever you are seeking, right? Um, and I don't want to butcher the I actual quote. I mean, I know that part is correct, yeah, yeah. but I don't want to mess up the order. Um, so yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you want, like again, just to recap, um, certs are great. Yep. Um, they can expose you to certain things, but they're not everything. So if you, and this is something I had when I came when I came to the gym to work with um, the group of trainers that we have. Everybody had more certifications than I had. Um, a lot of them had more experience um, in sales, especially. Even though I had, I had been a trainer probably a little longer than some of them, I wasn't a very successful one. Uh, so get your hands on it and then ask questions. Reach out to people that, um, man, people love to share. Things. They do. So, like, reach especially out. things they're passionate about. Yeah. So reach Anybody out. who's good at something most likely is passionate about. Right. Right. Yeah. And they're going to want to talk about it. So like people would sucker me in the gym for like, not a free session, but like, they'd be like, oh, I just don't know how to deadlift. And they'd be like, oh, you know, this is something I can teach. Yeah, this guy talking about deadlifts. Literally, he could go for hours. This is is something I can teach. (laughs) Only because I fucked it up for probably 10 years. Yeah. And then, you know, you pay the piper down the road, but. You pay the piper. I'm paying the piper. Um, Okay, so. Like, quarantine slowed me way down when it came yeah. to, to fitness and stuff. And um, obviously being productive mm-hmm. <laughs> with my time. But, like, um, it's still important to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now that I'm go, I found a gym that's open, I'm still going. But, like, to this day, why is fitness or staying healthy or all that? What is that? Why is that still super important yeah. to you? I mean, for me, like, obviously health is health and I really value health, you know, I mean, 
Um, like I, I want to be able to do the things that I love for a very long time. And a lot of those things are active, you know, fit things, right, where you have to be able to do things like, you know, martial arts and whatnot. And I've always been involved in active things and sports and recreational things like that. And I want to be able to do those things for as long as I possibly can, right? I want to be able to be the guy who's seven years old rolling on the mat, you know. Which is pretty dope. Which is pretty awesome, right? Yeah. And it, obviously it's not going to be at the same level as when I'm 26, but I want to be able to do that, right? So that's like the overarching thing for me. And then like outside of that, like mentally, right? That's why I fell in love with training was, you know, I love the process, but also the mental benefits, right? Um, you know, for me, you know, I'm sure every person is different, but when I'm training consistently, working out consistently, you know, being conscious and good about my nutrition and my sleep and all these things that make up health and wellness and fitness, like I feel so much better mentally um, and don't get trapped in kind of that mind game of, you know, all these different emotions that you can have internally and kind of internal struggles, right? I just feel like I'm at my best. Right, when I'm doing those things. No, I love that. I think that's I think that's awesome. Um, all right, a little bit of a fun question, Mike. Uh, favorite your favorite lift or movement of all time? Like, what is your favorite? What do you love? Tough. I used to really love deadlifts. Really love deadlifts. Like loved them. Yeah, you but, know, how much? What What is your best pluck on a deadlift? Uh, my best pluck was five forty five. What What did you weigh? At the time, probably like one seventy five. One seventy. That's big. Couldn't do that anymore. I haven't touched any heavy weights since we've been locked out of gyms, but <laughs> so hopefully not too too far below that nowadays. So the deadlift was was, but honestly, like late. So I I'm, I kind of go through phases with things, right? I really, really like I enjoy them all for the most part, um, but I've been really, really enjoying just front squats lately. And split squats, surprisingly. So front squats, yeah. I was not yeah. a huge fan of front squats yeah. when I first came over. Okay. Because they're hard. No, they're not hard. <laughs> to me, I'm just kidding. They're super hard. Um, but I was just such a squat bench deadlift guy. Yeah, yeah, no, I get. And that. I was, I wasn't great at any of them. I get that. Um, but that's I was just why I like so deadlifts because those. I think I think because Jim Wonder was the first program yeah. I ran. Okay, I and became very like, attached to yeah, it. Very, and if anyone doesn't know, Wendler five three one is very like squat, bench, deadlifts, pull ups, like rows, a couple of accessory exercises, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Right, it's a very it's a great program. I mean, one of the probably most famous powerlifting style programs and the most successful because it's very simple. It, it's not bullshit, right? Yeah, it's not bullshit. <laughs> it, um, it's what you need done. So, uh, so, and yeah, front squats were way more challenging, and I think they're way, we, we were just talking about this on Instagram today, like yeah. literally front squats are much more applicable to the way you're going to move throughout life, they just are, like you're not going to, um, if you're picking up like a heavy flower pot, you're not going to um, roll it onto your shoulders yeah. and squat it up, <laughs> you're, yeah, you're right. probably, well, I mean, if you're a strong man, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe, but, but chances are you're going to, you're going to pick that bad boy up front squat yeah. style, you know? No, 100%. And I think, 
like not to get too nitty gritty here, but I guess we can. This, we can do whatever we want. It's our podcast. It's ours. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows if anybody's even watch us at this point? We're at least my mom. forty minutes in. She'll totally watch. Um, but you know, just from that, like keeping it an actual squat. Like a lot of times with the back squats, people just kind of fall forward. They end up hinging the movement, right? They end up doing a good morning, which I am guilty of as well. I used to be really in powerlifting style programming and like try to get as heavy as I possibly can with conjugate. I mean, you had a max effort a day, which you literally max out on something, right? Um, so, oh God. Like, I would end up good morninging, you know, doing good mornings as my squat, essentially, right? And is that really a squat? I don't know, you know? Yeah, you're going up and down, but is it more, you know? Yeah. No, I'm, it's, it's, yeah, so that's, uh, if powerlifting, yeah, of course. Yeah, if you're powerlifting, yeah, for sure. You got, you got to do it. So, um, you touched on a little bit, but like, what, what hobbies are you into? Yeah, so outside of lifting weights and doing that kind of stuff, um, biggest one is jujitsu. So Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, if you're unaware of what that is, you've probably been living under a rock the last oh, five years or so, but yeah. um, anyways, <laughs> what jiu-jitsu is, I'm sure most people have seen the UFC, they've seen MMA, right? Mm-hmm. So think of MMA, right? UFC fighters, like there's fights all the time right now, um, but without the striking. So all the grappling stuff, the chokes, the arm bars, the arm locks, the knee stuff, the, you know, all the joint manipulations, right? Um, just without the striking. And you've actually competed too. Yeah, so I compete in that. Hopefully we'll have competitions again at some point in this world, but looking forward to that. But yeah. You guys have to wear face masks where you don't do <laughs> At that point, like, I'll just sign a waiver. Like, listen, Let's man. just fucking roll. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to sue you. So, did, did, like, um, you started wrestling in high school, so I'm going to mm-hmm. pull back to the wrestling okay, yeah. I, I The reason I'm uh, obsessed with wrestlers or wrestling, not that I know a ton about it, is just because they're so fucking tough. Like, they're just tough. Uh, one of our managers is both. a wrestler. Yeah, both, actually. Oh, were they both? Yeah. And they're both just tough as fucking nails. Yeah. And John just hangs right in there with him, and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go to a moderate. Oh. <laughs> um, so, uh, talk to me a little bit about wrestling. Was it, was it like, it, did you have to change your mindset at all for something like that? I mean, you already were a sports and athletic kid, but that's a way different. It was different. That's a way different. Yeah, so I was sport. always really into team sports before that, right? So it was always like, you know, big team stuff. And it's, I mean, wrestling and at the high school, youth, I should say, um, high school and collegiate level, it is a team event. Um, but obviously it's individual, it's man versus man, woman versus woman, you know, it's one-on-one. Um, so there was, there was definitely, there's definitely a shift, and I think that is why, like, wrestlers are, like, a different breed a lot of times, um, is because, like, you learn very quickly, you're, you're humbled very quickly, you know, because it's, like, me versus you, and, like, if I lose, like, it's my fault. I can't say, oh, well, the shortstop made that error, you know, even though I didn't get a hit, you know, or, you know, whatever. It's, you. it's, you can kind of, like, push it off, right? It's not all your fault in team sport, because it's not, I mean, it's a team, right? Um, but, you know, with an individual sport, it is just, I mean, it's up to you to do it or not do it, right? And with wrestling, it's another... 
thing because a lot of people don't understand, but essentially, like, higher-level wrestling, like, any wrestling really is a fight. I mean, it is a fight. Like, it's a fight with rules. Yes, you can't punch, but there's ways to punch and to hit. And, you know, cross-face, if you know what that is, feels like a punch. Like, I've been punched in the face, and I've been cross-faced in the face. Neither feel good, right? So, there's ways that you do this, and it is a fight, right? Um, and, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know really know where I was going with that. Um, no, I was just asking, because I, I, to segue away from the wrestling is, is I always... I don't know the statistics on this, but wrestlers, I just feel like, are more, um, and this is obviously just, there's no scientific backing to this right now. I yeah. Yeah. Stats, but wrestlers are just more high achiever, achieving. Yeah, you know, I don't know, like, the stats on that, like, um, but I think a lot of times just, you do tend to see, like, successful people in whatever they are, they have some sort of background. And maybe not maybe not just wrestling, but those like individual sports, whether it's swimming or yeah. golf even. True. Like, you know, uh, singles and tennis, like where it's just up to you. But I think it is a little bit different um, with wrestling and combat sports in general. Um, and I would be interested, I don't even know if they've done anything to I look like that. Into it. Um, I don't know if they have either, but I'm sure I could find. Yeah, I'm sure you can find something. You like the research camp. I love research. Um, well, looking at research, research, I don't do my own research. <laughs> yeah. I look at research. I love yeah. doing my own research someday, but I don't know how. Yeah, I would ever find that. Um, so, like in wrestling, did you like? What did you learn through that whole process? Then, other than like you could take anybody down you wanted to. And yeah, go. the biggest <laughs> thing though is like the you learn about yourself, right? You learn that like I think that delayed gratification because in wrestling there's a lot that sucks right there's a lot that sucks right weight cuts suck like getting beat down like by bigger more experienced better guys like sucks like you know not eating a lot and there's you know that could be a podcast and it's like problems with, yeah. with just combat sports in general and how a lot of people treat those kind of things um, from a health and fitness standpoint, but that's podcast itself, um, that sucks, right? So you learn kind of that, like, I guess, delayed gratification and work ethic because there's only one way to get better, like suffer through it, right? The suffer word. Suffer. Oh. Suffer. Okay, let's see. Let me see what other questions I have for you. All right, let's do another fun one before we move on to something else. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, if you had a choice between fighting a hundred horses that were the size of ducks or <laughs> one duck the size of a horse, what would you pick? I would pick the 100 horses all day and every day. Okay. Because at least I can try to punt those suckers across the street. <laughs> and a horse, like... A horse bite would not feel good. No. But hopefully they're smaller. The smaller well, they jaws, have to be. Right? Yeah, they have to be. Yeah, they're, they're, they're tiny. They're size of a duck, so they got a smaller jaw, not as much power behind it. Right, each bite. You know, the hundreds of them a lot. But could you imagine a duck the size of a horse? But then it'd be a little like scary. just like I'm not gonna lie. Trying to, I mean, if you watch a duck eat, right, they just go pop, 
They uh, snap, yes. right? They and grab it, and whatever it is. They, they catch a fish. They still have teeth, right? They're just like needles. I don't know, do they? They would have to, right? I don't, I don't know. know. We'd look on that. Yeah. Um, and then like, so, so from quarantine, like, have you been reading? What have you been, what have you been up to? Like, what have you been doing with yourself? Um, <laughs> so I've been training some, a lot of virtual stuff, um, some classes, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, outside of that, cause that's, you know, that used to take up like when oh, we were God, working, yeah. like that took up like 99% of the time. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's been strange, you know, it's been very weird not, not having that, um, you know, training, all that kind of stuff. Some video games, not gonna lie. Um, oh, can they find, what do you use, like Call of Duty, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's the handle on Call of Duty? Uh, regular Yam 72. Regular Yam? Yeah. <laughs> that is the name. I remember that I thought the song, I was like, what does that mean? I'm like, honestly, I have no idea. I just need a unique name. You know how many names there are on those things? So that's what popped in my head. Regular yam. yam. Yeah. Which is a sweet potato. A yam is yes, a sweet potato? Uh, yes. Okay. And people get that confused. They don't realize that actually most sweet potatoes you buy are in fact yams. <laughs> uh, little known fact. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember. But they never call them yams anywhere, which is strange. It's always just sweet potato. I wonder why that is. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we got something else to look into. Yeah, so much easier to say. So, um, anybody that wants to be a trainer, like, what would you, what would you tell them? What would your message be like if they like were on the fence about yeah, like, yeah. like jumping into the field or not? Don't do it unless you absolutely love training. Like physically, you are training. Um, but if you do, hundred percent do it. And why I say that is because, like, as a trainer, like, it's not a normal job at all. It's not a nine-to-five. Like, you don't get a lot of the same cushy benefits that, you know, is a lot. And, like, you don't have a salary. You don't have a base, you know, okay, I'm going to be fine. Like, obviously, everyone has to work hard, but it's different because you are paid for your time, right? Um, In the one-on-one training setting, you... Train someone, you get paid. You do not train someone, you do not get paid, right? And there's ways around that. But, you know, as like a base level thing, so if you do not really enjoy it, you're going to end up, you know, burning out. Because, I mean, I'm sure you can attest to it. Like, if you are busy, like training, you know, it is tiring. And there's days where you're like, man, this guy sucks. Like, when you were there at 6 a.m., 5 a.m., whatever it was, and then you're, you know, you don't leave the gym, you know, to go home at night until 7 p.m., um, 8 p.m. Like, that's not that fun. I really think you do have to love it. Yeah, you do have to love um, it. And I think that's how you become successful at it, too. And then I would say, yes, I would, that's how you be successful at it. But um, unless you're really ready to, like, carve it, like, out of stone for yourself, wherever you're at, um, I would not be... I would, I would tell you to move where the money is. That's what I would, that's another thing I would say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brief pause, keep talking. Yeah, yeah. They're getting gross. Yeah. Um, I really think if I would have made the, the move where I, where I moved down here, I think that would have made a huge difference in my career, like, very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, because where I was at, it was just uh, in the Flynn area. There's just yeah. not a lot of opportunity.
opportunity yeah. there. And I think you can still be successful in an area like that, but you kind of have to carve it out. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that in itself, carve it out. Like, I think you have to have kind of that entrepreneurial kind of spirit in you, even if you're working for someone else. I mean, we work for a, a large gym company, right? But you still have to have that drive and kind of that entrepreneur spirit of like, you gotta make it happen because with you, you can't. You're not just handed things, right? Um, and even if you are handed things in certain situations, still like, hold on it doesn't to matter them. because they're you're gonna have no retention, right? Um, so I think you have to have that. You have to enjoy that. Like myself, like you know, going through all everything the world's going through right now. And, like, just the unknowns, there's been times where I'm like, is training going to be a thing anymore? Like, are we going to have, are we going to have gyms to go back to? You know, I'm sure we've all had that thought cross our mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's still up in the air for us, right? Yeah, so, I mean, we're still not back. But it's like, you, you can't imagine yourself in a 9 to 5, like, bullshit corporate game, right? I don't want you uh, to Like, that, I never want to do that. And, you know, if you do, awesome. If you enjoy it, even better. I'm glad you have something that you enjoy. But it's not for me. Yeah, I worked uh, not for me. inpatient psych. Okay. It was mostly involuntary. Uh, That's got to be experience. So before that, I was a correctional officer out in Wyoming. Okay. Um, so in Wyoming. In Wyoming, because when I graduated college, yeah. the economy tanked. Yeah. That was same, that, so that like that same month. Really, you graduated college during the whole crash. Yeah, April, April. Oh April. my gosh. So like, what was happening? was that all my friends went to school and got communications degrees or um, general studies Maybe or a problem with that. whatever the fuck. They were all getting jobs making like 50K, which to me at the time was like, I was like, oh my God, 50K, yeah. so much As money. As a young kid, like, yeah, you were like, like coming from like, like, beer, it was like, you mean I don't gotta work for 8.59 an hour or whatever? Um, yeah. It was just crazy. So yeah, uh, and I hated my job. I was drinking a ton. So this um, is when you were in Wyoming? Well, when I was in Wyoming is when I started drinking a ton. Oh. So I really hated that. Gotcha. We worked 40 So, days. okay. Back up. So you yep. went to state. Right? Yep. So you're a Sparty. Sparty. Sorry, Wolverines. My, <laughs> listen, my football team through Wide Adams, it was very good. And they were good for like five years yeah, after. Yeah, they were good. Yeah. Um, Solid. And they've been one of the more, six of the 2000s era, they've been one of the most successful teams. Maybe not national championship caliber, no national championships, mm. but... Record-wise, record-wise, not bad. Um, good. So, okay, you you went to state, mm -hmm. right? Then economy crashes right as you're graduating. Yeah. So then what happens? How do you end up in Wyoming? So, so I moved back home. Okay. Uh, you know, nobody's told about that, including me. Yeah. And I'm looking for a job, and I start, like, folding towels at this gym, right? That's yeah. Like, I'm, I'm folding towels. <laughs> yeah. For a free membership there. And you won't even let me be a trainer. <laughs> um... Which, good thing. You're good on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, so my mom reads in this job, or my stepdad actually found it, in the thing, they were, the Department of Corrections in Wyoming was doing a job fair. Okay. So, um, I was like two weeks out from that, so I saw this, and I was like, alright, cool, you know, it was a push-up, uh, I think a mile and a half run, maybe it was okay. a two-mile run, okay. I forget now what it was, yeah, yeah. it was just a mile run, I forget. Um... Basic test. Yep. Sit-ups, push-ups. I don't think there was even pull-ups on a run. I think yeah. that was pretty much it. Yeah. And so, I showed up there and there's like, a hundred people. Okay. And I'm like, holy shit, you know. 
Because at the time, nobody could get jobs. Nobody like, could get jobs. So, so they're like, taking anything they can. They're going to Wyoming yeah. for a job yeah, when you're coming from Michigan. Yeah, well, I'm still in Michigan, but they had this job fair here. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, okay. And so there was like 100 people at this thing. And uh, I think all but four of us. Four of us were the only ones that passed this physical fitness. Four passed out of a hundred people, ninety-six people. And I am not a good runner. <laughs> like I am a terrible runner, just because I don't do it. Now my new I had like a career, like an opportunity waiting for me. Um, so yeah, you had a little motivation to run faster. It's only miles. So I ran as fast as I could, right? And yeah. so, but they, what what they did was I was thinking, oh fuck, I'm the chosen. I am the chosen. Yeah. And yeah. then they moved everybody along in the process, anyways, and gave them another. Because <laughs> they're like, we really, we really need people. More than four people. And so when I was out there, they actually shot an episode of America's Danger- Most Dangerous Prisons while I was out there because where you were working. Yeah, because our our. The correctional officer to yeah. the inmate ratio is like one to a hundred. Wow. So what was that like? It was awful. I awful. mean, I did pretty much the free training they had, and I was there for like another month. How much training month. did they give you? We were there for three months. Okay. Which was definitely not enough. Three months of training, and then they just yeah. started lows. Yeah. Wow. Did you have any like crazy experiences? Yeah. They were just, it was really surreal sometimes. Okay. Um, where like some people like, man, just, a lot of people cool in there like with you or like? Well, there, some of the inmates were just very intelligent because yeah. what they would do, because the, the, the population was flipped. Yeah. Um, the the race breakdown anyways was like, yeah. it was like 95% white and okay. the rest other, okay. you know? So these people were mostly from this area. Wyoming, but yeah. what they would do is they would send these really hardcore offenders from uh-huh. like the Mexican mafia or something, they'd send them over to Wyoming. At least that's the story that I Okay. And then... So this is like a high-level security prison. Max security prison. This is a max security prison. Yeah. Wow. And then. So uh, you got like real hardened criminals there. That's just crazy. really surreal. I'm glad like I just decided I was too chicken shit to do it. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. So, so when I came back, going to a step down, it felt like a step down. Anyways, going to a inpatient psychiatric unit was okay. Was uh, and they hired me because of that. Yeah, the training that the I had, yeah. and also because I'm slightly larger than yeah. the average man. Big guy, yeah. Um, so those two things, Dang. they wanted somebody there that could. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, cool, I can handle. You know, yeah. psychiatric patients. <laughs> that was a whole another bag. Whole other I was happy to be closer to home, but yeah. man. Um, you worked there for seven years, right? They would bite you. Oof. And then you'd be worried about what yeah, they had. Yeah, infections and they'd spit on you. And then I felt like uh, to treat somebody humanely yeah. was really hard because okay. there's that gang mentality. Yeah. Um, it's like it sometimes it felt like you versus the patients. Yeah. But it should never feel like that. Like you're just in this day to day. Like we just didn't have a good decompression process, so I just interesting. So uh, after seven years of that. I decided I was in seven years. Yeah. Oh, it was a while. Yeah, because I kept doing it. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was their seven years. Okay. Um, I started doing personal training. I think at the five year mark on the side. Yeah. And I moved to a step down unit, which was outpatient for kids. Gotcha. And you think the parent? You think the oh, adults are bad? The kids are. 
And it just sucks, man, because you, you want to help those kids more than yeah. anything. And you know, like, hey, if I could just take them to the gym with me or get yeah. them to be physical, yeah. um, maybe increase their self-esteem. Yeah. Might not have these problems. But then you see how kind of wrecked the system is. And that sucks. Man, it was just so tough. And to be a kid that came through that, whew, yeah. you know, I don't know any of that. I haven't ran into any, because you know you can't give out your, yep, yep, yep. your info. I was, yep. I was Derek B. Yeah. So you've never seen any. It was just tough. So I think that's what drew me to the training aspect was you really get to know somebody and they get to know you. And, um, man, you, see, you literally see a person kind of blossom in front mm-hmm. of you, you know? Like, you have a client hit a, a female client. Um, this one I, I absolutely love. She was, a, she still is a veterinarian. She's been one for like 30 some years. Mm-hmm. She deadlifted like 300 pounds wow. at like 52. That's awesome. And it was, I was like, yeah, yeah. incredible moment. She started crying. I was like crying. <laughs> she was like a deadlift, you know? Yeah. And it was like, it was good. That that's was, awesome. Um, so you get to, you kind of, that's kind of what I, I always wanted was that connection. That's kind of my, I think that's what I was always kind of seeking. Yeah, and more of a positive. Yeah, and then you can be there to shepherd them through the hard time. Not yeah. shepherd them through, but, yeah, to, but like to be a sympathetic ear yeah. when they're working out. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's that's a lot of what we do. You know, as trainers, like you're like. You think the hairdresser knows shit? Yeah. You haven't been a personal trainer yet. Um, you hear everything. You hear everything. I mean, you work with someone two, three days a week for you know years in some cases and like you get to know like everything everything on a name by name basis and even if you don't want to <laughs> but I think I think I, think, I always thought that part was cool no it is it's, sometimes it can be shocking because yeah. like, some of the things they'll, they'll tell you but I, I think it's very cool because you get to learn like for me like I enjoy like hearing people's experiences in life and just in their jobs and what they do because everyone's so different right so like one hour you might have this finance guy who's like a finance whiz, right? Who's like talking all this, you know, to you about the economy and like who knows what, right? But then the next you might have this, you know, 70 year old yeah. lady who has lived for 70 years and had this crazy life, right? And like all these experiences and so you get this big variety so cool. of, yeah. and of kind of perspectives. Yeah, and then how grateful people are yeah it just blew me away down here yeah they're just so um man they're just so generous yeah and uh it's so cool to share those those with people and then you know um even if they don't end up training with you for long or they switch yeah. to somebody else that better suits their needs yeah that is always really cool that you kind of have that connection yeah. with them exactly um, and even like you can still, like, it's kind of funny, like, I don't know if you've ever, like, run into people that used to train or anything like that, and, like, you no longer train them, but, like, you still have that kind of connection, you know, it's like, oh, man, how you doing? Like, haven't yeah, seen you forever. For you sure. Keeping up with things, like, yeah. in most cases, you know? Yeah, and then also they'll tell you the confessions. Uh, as a trainer, do you get confessions? As far as, what do you mean, confessions? So, like... <laughs> I always find out confessions. When people know you're a trainer, they'll be like, oh my god, I'm so glad you were here 10 minutes early. I ate this whole thing of nachos by myself. I'm disgusting. I'm going to set up with you on Monday. It is so funny that you say that because, like, that's like kind of one of those things. Like, even like you go to a party, you go to a bar, you go out wherever, and like somehow, like, in conversation, you meet someone. Oh, what do you do? I'm a trainer. 
Oh, and then they start like telling you about their diet. And I absolutely can't lose weight. I eat uh, 500 calories a day. I can't lose weight. Uh huh. And if you're like, listen, man, I'm trying to watch the game, but like you can't help but talk about it because right. everyone has like some sort of relationship, you know, with obviously food and nutrition and like exercise to some extent, right? So it's it's a very funny thing. Yeah, the confessions. So be ready for that too. Yeah, you're yeah exactly. But, um, I, put, <laughs> I, I think it's just like anything else. If you really want to be successful at it, it's just it's it's gonna be it's gonna be what you make it. Hundred percent. So find a good mentor, and then you know go from there. I always think mentors are huge. Yeah. Uh, find somebody you can look up to. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And then like go after it. So before we end this thing, um, I'm going for over an hour now. But before we end this thing, like, what is your just so people know and. Um, kind of philosophy on training and nutrition and things like that. Anything big? I think um, I think I'm that, that's kind of still something I'm trying to figure out is my philosophy on yeah. it. I think movement is very important. Yeah. And I think trying to understand nutrition. Yeah. Obviously I'd love it if everybody tracked their food. Yeah. But very few people do that. <laughs> and I don't I don't do it every day either. Yeah. Um, balance I think is the key. Okay. That's that's the biggest yeah. thing I think I could that I've okay. learned is just balance. Okay, so I want to dive in with that a little bit because I actually just had someone the other day I was talking to on the phone and they're like, you know, they're not really into exercise or, or nutrition things like that. They've never really, I mean, done it here and there, but nothing serious, right? And you know, they were kind of like, well, is this sustainable? Like, like is can I actually like? do this like to reach my goals and like still like have a life so like what do you think about that like how do you work with clients like to balance things or like even yourself what is your thoughts so it's a client by client thing some yeah, clients you can just be like you know the, the type a personalities yeah. that we get you can just you can bullet point them yeah. like listen you gotta eat 200 grams of protein you gotta you do like this. set their macros and calories and they're like don't they follow it to a t and then they're like yo i figured out i can eat three slices of pizza <laughs> And still hit my macros, you know? My dietary fiber, too. Yes. yes. And you're like, that's, that's what I want for you. Yes. <laughs> you know? Um, this is the goal. So I think balance is super important. And sometimes balance, you know, for several weeks can be skewed the up, skewed one way. Yeah. But you just got to realize, like, you're just going to get back to balance. Yeah. So for me, you know, when quarantine first started, I was like, I was going to cut. I'd lost 10 pounds before we went to quarantine. And then quarantine, I gained, I gained, uh, seven of that back mm-hmm. yeah. because I just was training three times a week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wasn't doing much, but I, I really think balance is the, is the key in finding what works for you and then um, developing, trying to develop habits around yeah. that. I think it's a huge thing. Yeah. So like I wasn't really good at taking my multivitamin, my fish oil, or mm-hmm. my, my, uh, my vitamin D every yeah. day. So what I did was I bought one of those pill containers that old people have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm, now, I'm borderline there. Uh, and I just set that up on this windowsill uh, where my creatine is. And then first thing in the morning, I reward myself for getting out of bed with caffeine. <laughs> and then I take on my shit. Um, and I don't yeah. miss because I was able to stack yeah. that habit. Yeah, yeah. So, and that That's little thing right yeah, there, there is game changer because then from there you can oh what could I put on the tail end of this it's attractive exactly I think I think that concept itself is what so many people get like they don't do that they try to do everything at once 
and they don't really think about the habit itself. They just think, okay, I need to do this to get this, right? But they never build those habits, right? They never build the habits of the, you know, the, like your idea of the, the vitamins and the, or the fish oil and all that kind of stuff. Like building that habit so now it's automatic. Like they go on this like diet, they start this exercise program, they do all of this, they're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then they might have some success, but then like life happens, who knows what happens, right? Or just time goes by and they realize that it sucks. And then boom, you know, they fall off, rebound. We've all seen it, everyone knows about it. It's really tough. But it's that habit piece, right? Yeah. And to, to learn how to do that, I think is so powerful. Yeah, and just, man, just little tiny things. I know everybody wants to fix everything in a day. Yeah. But you can't. <laughs> Very few people can do that. I mean, there's some people out there that you can just list 10 things and be like, you yeah. do this every day, you can be successful. Yeah. Like, yeah, and we've both had those clients, like, and some of you guys might be like that. Like, like you get a list, like you said, like, eat this many grams of protein, this much, and, like, they literally follow it. Like, boom, boom, boom. Like, I can think of, like, five people off the top of my head that I've worked yeah, with their work for sure. that are like that. But then you have the other side of that coin where it's like, that ain't gonna work for them. Like, how do we do this? Okay, well, let's just focus on getting protein in at every meal, right? Because you eat like 50 grams of protein throughout the whole day, right? Okay, let's let's increase the protein. Okay, now we've got that, now let's work on this. Now let's work on the next thing. Yep. Right. And even drinking water is hard for some people, yeah. right? That's yeah. really tough. Yep, yep. So, so it's like, finding something that's sustainable and then going from there. And then, like, um, we're gonna do a podcast. It's not gonna be the next one. Next one, we're gonna invite our um, other trainer friend on Sam, yeah. who just kind of launched her own business. Yeah. Um, but I want to do one on like ab culture. Yeah. No, I think I think we've got a lot of good ideas on like the social media kind of side of fitness and like just like real advice as far as nutrition and and workouts and stuff like that and training. Um, and then see where it goes from there. Yeah, but if you guys, if anybody yeah. watches this and they have any questions, um, John Pat, and I'm Trainer Derek Trainer on Derek. Instagram, um, go ahead and hit us up. And then he has uh, John Pat Fitness as John well. Pat. Dot Fitness. Dot Fitness. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching. Thank you if you made it this far. Yeah. <laughs> see you next time.